This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Mary Margaret Miller, here today with Kamel King. As we do every Friday, we'll be traveling across the state, letting you know about people, places, and events that make Mississippi a unique and fascinating place. For our first stop, we'll talk with comedian Rita B. about her one-night-only comedy show in Jackson. We'll move to Ridgeland and hear about the Mississippi Symphony Orchestra's Pepsi Pops 2018. We'll also talk with Lucas Simmons about Lucky Town Brewery's Sippin' Saturday. We'll end today's show with musician Kel Kellum and hear about his new album, Adding to the Ashes, which is out today. So buckle up, because we're going for a ride here on Next Stop Mississippi. We'll be right back after the news. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller with MississippiToday.org, here today with Visit Mississippi's Kamel King. As we do every week, we're here to tell you about all the great things happening around Mississippi, and it's a beautiful time of the year. Yes. You just can't order better weather. So a lot's going on. It's always hard to choose what we're going to showcase on Next Stop Mississippi, but our producer, Michelle McAdoo, helps us make those tough decisions. Yes, she does. And we've got a She's great awesome. show lined up for you today. Kamel, it's so good to see you. You too. I missed you last week. I know. We we, we took a week off and uh, and gave you a great recap show of some of our wonderful musical guests. We've yeah. got another great music guest today. But it was it was good to have a little break. But I, I yeah. like starting my Friday at MPB. It puts me in the right headspace. puts me in a good mood. So it's great to be here. I'm telling you, it's such a good people here. I mean, the spirit just hits you as soon as you walk in the building. Uh, but going back to the weather, I mean, this is the perfect time for people with porches and, you know, it, to open your door and let the screen door be open and to sip your tea or your beer outside and just really enjoy it right now. It's not too hot. It's not humid. It's just perfect right now. It really is perfect. And I'll tell you what, I did something I don't usually do. I actually went outside this morning. I spend most of my afternoons out on my back deck. Yeah. But this morning I woke up and I actually said, hey, let, let's go out here for yeah, a little while. And yeah. I mean, it was glorious. There's just no two ways about it. Well, we do have a great show for you today. We're starting the show out with an interview with the great comedian Rita B. Many of our listeners will remember Rita B as Sharita Brent. She was a longtime host here on MPB and on Next Stop Mississippi. So excited to share that interview with you. We'll also be talking about the Mississippi Symphony Orchestra's annual Pepsi Pops, 37th year for this show. Really cool, amazing outdoor symphony experience. And we'll also talk to the good guys over at Lucky Town Brewery about their upcoming Sippin' Saturdays, which I'm going to get to be a part of and I'm really looking forward to. But I do want to start the show off with an interview we recorded earlier with uh, Rita B. She's a busy woman. She's got a big show coming tonight to Jackson, one night only at the stateroom. So let's take a listen to our interview with Rita B. 
Well, it's my pleasure to welcome to the show now the great comedian Jackson native Rita B. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Rita B., thank you for making time to join us. You've got a great one-woman show, one night only with Rita B., coming up this Friday in Jackson, May 11th at 8 p.m. at the State Room. Tell us a little bit about this show. Well, we chose the State Room in particular in Jackson because it is a, a pretty intimate venue. If you're in the, from the Jackson area and you've ever been to Wingstop on State Street, this is a hidden gem and that it is connected to the back of the wing stop. So it's right across from the Walgreens and this place is called the state room. They've renovated it and it holds about 150 to 200 people. Typically when I do a show in Jackson, it's real big, but this time we wanted it to be intimate. So that's why we decided to have it the state room. And it's just for one night only, you know, with, with comedians, the times when we do comedy club dates, we're there for a Friday, Saturday and Sunday, but this is only going to be one show for one night. Uh, stand-up comedy, and also we'll be launching our first uh, live podcast. So it'll be a night of entertainment. That's right. So there's a lot of elements going into this one-night-only show with Rita B. You mentioned a live podcast by Miranda J. You've also got a special guest there with you for this one-night event. Yes, Rich, the relationship mentor. Uh, on the weekends and on Sundays, he served as a pastor, but he is also a relationship mentor. So he's written a book about relationships. And everybody has relationships, romantic, family relationships. And so we're going to get into those dynamics and uh, just pick his brain about how to be a better communicator and interact better with the people in your life that you have relationships with. So uh, Rich, the relationship mentor, is going to be on hand to answer questions. And the podcast is going to be interactive. Moving forward, of course, we will broadcast the podcast digitally. But we wanted to do it live this time to get that live studio audience feel. And so the name of the podcast is Draw Four, and my manager, Miranda J is going to be a permanent fixture on the podcast with me, and we're very, very lucky to have Rich, the relationship mentor, as our first guest. Very cool. And this is really great, this live podcast aspect of the evening, because I've been following this event on Facebook. You've got more than 600 people interested in coming out, and you say there's only about 300 seats. Yeah, so I think we can fit about 200 in there, and we have sold over 100 tickets already. So we have been encouraging people to go ahead and get your tickets off Eventbrite uh, because if you come to the door and try to wait to the last minute and we're sold out, we don't want people to be disappointed. So, And that's very encouraging because we, we kind of did a, a small-scale promoting marketing plan for this thing. We promote it primarily on Facebook, which is just amazing now where you used to have to do all these extravagant things to get the message or the word out about an event we've been able to promote on social media primarily and we're getting such great feedback so really exciting and i think we're going to have a diverse crowd out there as well church folks you know uh folks who are just ready to have a good time on mother's day weekend well let's talk a little bit about um about your style of comedy one thing i really like about the way you do your work is you do talk a lot about relationships you talk about your mother your grandmother friends family so tell us a little bit about how this mother this theme of mothers might play into a mother's day weekend show well, you know, in comedy, telling the truth is the best thing to do because people can relate to that, you know. Uh, everybody has a mother, and whether it's a good relationship or a bad relationship, when I'm on stage talking about my mother, it is relatable. Uh, and so at first, I, we were a little skeptical about the idea of having a show on Mother's Day weekend because we assumed everybody would be busy. But also folks are looking for things to do. Uh, so, you know, my style of comedy is one that it's not extremely vulgar and folks won't be 
uh, off-put by any of this material that I'm going to be uh, delivering that night. So it definitely is an event for mothers. I'll be talking about my mom and my content, my material, my grandmother, and just talking about those personal things that people can relate to. It leaves a lasting impact. When folks leave the show, they'll come to me and say, hey, the same thing happened to me with my grandmother. So that's part of me growing as a comedian, learning to look at the things around me personally that, that are happening and putting that into a joke and putting it into my fit. So as you are growing as a comedian, you have been doing comedy for several years now, but just in the past year, you've taken a big leap and you've moved forward as a full-time comedian, working full-time. You're constantly touring the nation. I believe you just got back from the Virgin Islands where you were performing there. Uh, Rita B., tell us about that that role, that challenge of really putting your personal life, your personal relationships out there for the world. Well, I think it's an advantage um, because I have the ability to put my own narrative out there. And if I tell my business first, then whatever TMZ and whoever else, whatever tabloid has to say, it won't matter if I've already owned up to my stuff. So part of it is just me being in control of my own narrative. Um, and, you know, you open yourself up to judgment and critique and scrutiny when I put my personal things out there and my content, but I don't care because I feel like if I put it out there on my own, then you can't use it against me. So I feel like I have the advantage in that respect and that I can make fun of my shortcomings and some of my pain. Uh, you know, some people are in political roles and things that they go through. They don't have the advantage of making it into a joke. So I'm very fortunate in that respect that if I go through something uh, like a bad relationship or if I go through something traumatic in the public eye, I can then take it to the stage and make it funny. Very interesting. Now, Rita B., you've had a wonderful opportunity to work with some great comedians. You opened up for the legendary Dick Gregory. You've been touring with Ricky Smiley. Talk a little bit about some of your influences on the comedy spectrum. Well, Ricky Smiley is definitely a huge one. Um, I, I would say he gave me my big break. Met him. I met him in Alabama, which is where he's from. I won an open mic competition a couple years ago, and uh, not long thereafter, he put me on tour with him. And it has just been amazing to see him perform in front of so many big crowds. And uh, he has just taught me to have fun as a comedian. You know, me being in the military formerly, I can be militaristic sometimes in the way that I deliver and prepare. But Ricky Smiley has just reminded me to have fun. It's comedy. You know, just relax and the crowd is going to match your energy. Uh, but it's just so many comedians out here who are underground and not in the mainstream that I have grown to, to cherish and respect and learn from. Uh, most recently, the woman who's on my radar is, of course, Michelle Wolf, uh, who did the White House Correspondents' Dinner and stirred up a little controversy. I had seen her special on HBO before she did the White House Correspondents' Dinner. And uh, it was just very refreshing to see her in that arena uh, doing what she was doing. It was very encouraging for me as a woman and a comedian to, to see her on that platform standing in her truth, which is very hard. And uh, I just think it's great that, that she's getting all the attention she's getting. So people like Michelle Wolf influenced me, of course, Kevin Hart, Ricky Smiley, and just a host of others that may not be household names, but they are definitely 
legends in the industry. Sure. Well, let's talk a little bit about about that idea of your place, of your atmosphere influencing the sort of show you do. You mentioned earlier that you're not a vulgar comic. You keep it clean. So, hey, bring the family. But talk a little bit about how your your show, your act might cater to a specific audience or a specific environment. Well, you know, it comes down to knowing your audience and also just knowing your own experience. So um, at my shows, the demographics vary. You know, I have a large African-American audience at my shows. I also have um, a Caucasian people that come to my show because I talk about politics. I talk about family. I talk about real things. But as a comedian, you have to know your audience. So depending on where you're going, you have to prepare accordingly. Uh, when I went to the Virgin Islands, it was a church performance I was going to. Um, and so I, I knew I had to do clean jokes, you know, absolutely no profanity. I wanted to be relatable. So as soon as I arrived in St. Croix, I started taking notes and observing my surroundings. And I came up with jokes within a 24-hour time period, wow. maybe even less than that. Uh, so when I got to perform that Friday night, I was saying things that were, were relatable to them, you know. So it just boils down to knowing your audience and being relatable and I feel like I'm moving into a space where my jokes are becoming more universal, where it's not just a thing where I'm relating to black people, but I'm relating to people and human beings in general. Well, one element of your comedy that's gotten a lot of traction, a lot of popularity are your prayers. Tell our listeners a little bit about a Rita B. prayer. <laughs> well, my, my prayers get mixed reactions. Um, you know, on social media, I was trying to figure out something that I could do consistently that was funny that was clean, and I came up with this idea to do satirical prayers about current events. So I prayed, quote-unquote, about everything from Donald Trump, and what I do is I pray to a different Jesus every time, which is where it gets complicated because some, some uh, extremely religious folks feel like I'm mocking God, but I pray to impeachment Jesus, I pray to student loan Jesus, I pray to soft serve Jesus about McDonald's ice cream machine not working. Uh, so to me, it's just a funny way to talk about current events uh, and, and get my point and my ideas across in this prayer in a non-threatening way. And so those go viral quite often, surprisingly. Uh, I mean, I get not surprisingly to me. I, I I think that's where you get that universality as as everybody understands what it's like to get on your knees and be so desperate for. <laughs> And sometimes it's atheists in the comments. Atheists are like, well, I don't believe in God, but I, I subscribe to this prayer. <laughs> I'm like, well, all right, whatever it takes, you know. Uh, so that has been something cool that I did not expect to take off. It started with me praying about the heat in Mississippi, asking God to give us some relief. Uh, I can't remember what Jesus I prayed to that time. But, you know, it, it's a little thing that I have come up with, and, I, and I'm going to stick with it because it's fun. Well, Rita B., you made your primetime debut this year on Heart of the City, Kevin Hart's great comedy show that tours the U.S., uh, had a great performance there, um, an amazing experience, really showcased Jackson. Here you are at a really seminal point in your, in your career as a comedian. Did you ever see yourself as a comedian as you were coming along, as you were studying in college, as you were part of, of, the, um, of the armed forces? Did you see this space for you in the future? Absolutely not. It's so funny now. All of my classmates from high school and college are like, oh, you've always been funny. My sorority sisters, oh, you've always been funny. And I've never thought of myself as a funny person in the room. I listen to other comedians. They say they knew when they were a child that they wanted to be a comedian. It just wasn't the same for me. I didn't start doing comedy until 2013. 
I was at this place in Jackson called Sweet 106 watching other comedians. And at this time, I was a full-time musician. And as I was watching the other comedians, the hair stood up on my arms and I got butterflies. And like God said, you can do this. And so I tried it. And the first time, I think I got paid $25 for doing a five-minute set. And at first, it was like, okay, well, I'm just going to do this to make extra money. Uh, but then when I realized the power of the platform to be able to talk about things and get people to laugh, and it's, it's a healing mechanism. It really is. I get folks sending me messages saying, I'm going through chemo, and your comedy is helping me, you know, come through a hard time. And so now it's just a, it's a different purpose for me that I, I didn't know that I even needed this to be something to add to uh, the value and the quality of my life. So I didn't see it coming. I really didn't. But I, I'm enjoying the ride now. Very cool. Well, we wish you the best. We're so uh, excited for you and all that's to come. You've got a great show coming up tonight, Friday, May 11th, at the State Room in Jackson. It starts at 8 p.m. Let our listeners know where they can go to learn all about Rita B. and maybe uh, watch you give some of these great prayers. Absolutely. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Rita Brent Comedy. That's Rita, R-I-T-A-B-R-E-N-T Comedy on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I also have a website, RitaBrent.com. On it, you can see my schedule, where I'm going to be next. You can watch all my prayers. My YouTube content is on there as well. Uh, so, yeah, I just encourage folks to follow me. And if you're interested in coming to the event tonight, uh, you can get your tickets off Eventbrite.com. Strongly encourage you to go ahead and get them because seating is limited. So uh, and if you get to come, uh, come up to me and I hope to meet you. That's great. Thank you, Rita B. She's a wonderful rising comedian from here in Mississippi. We wish her the best. Her show is called One Night Only with Rita B. Uh, tonight at the Stateroom in Jackson. We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, we'll head to Ridgeland for Pepsi Pops 2018. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller with MississippiToday.org. If you're just joining us, before the break, we spoke with comedian Rita B. about her one-night-only comedy show tonight at the Stateroom in Jackson. And now joining us on the show, we have President and Executive Director of the Mississippi Symphony Orchestra, Michael Beatty, tell, here to tell us about Pepsi Pops. Welcome. Good morning. How are you? Uh, we're great, Michael. I know you're a very busy person today. I woke up this morning watching the news and watching uh, the the pieces come together for tonight's <laughs> big performance, Pepsi Pops, um, on the res in its 37th year. 37 years. It's really an amazing event. It's, it's, as you know, it's a signature event for our region, for our state. 
And we're so thankful to Brown Bottling and Pepsi Pops and East Group Properties and BKD and Regions for helping us make this happen year after year. Many parts and pieces moving around, as you suggest, getting ready for tonight's big concert at Old Trace Park on the res. Well, Michael, it's been going on for 37 years. Tell us how I got started and if somebody who has never been, what they can expect when they come. Absolutely. It's actually more than 37 years. The 37 marks the number of years we've been in partnership with Brown Bottling. But prior to that, the concert was started by the Jackson Symphony League, which is still active and strong and MSO's single largest fundraiser for all of our education initiatives and concerts. And it was a couple of years before that that they decided to have a Pops concert on the res, and they were the ones who secured Brown Bottling's participation, and the rest is history. It's an orchestra concert at 7.30 tonight, show tunes, pops music, Americana, marches, just great, great music for families and singles and dates and all kinds of people gathered on the lawn. The gates of the park open at 4.30, and we have advanced groups. We have JSU's Southern Comfort. We have some jazz and bebop. We have our own youth symphony. All of those groups playing between 4.30 and 7.30 as people gather and get their picnics set out. Or they can buy food from the Manship or Burgers and Blues and get their Pepsi products and get ready for the 7.30 p.m. orchestra concert. Well, you're going to have wonderful weather. It's a great day for Pepsi Pops. Really excited about tonight's show. But tonight's show is just one in a series of outdoor concerts that the Mississippi, Mississippi Symphony hosts. That's correct. We are in Macomb tomorrow night, as a matter of fact. So that is... Saturday, May 12, at uh, Edgewater Park, and then we are in Vicksburg at the Military Park later this month on the 26th. So All of these are outdoor concerts with full orchestra, just like tonight. Uh, the exception with tonight, though, is that we end with a sky full of fireworks and boats on the reservoir and the moon out. Well, it, it's, a, it's an incredible view to take in, and I, I know it'll be a wonderful experience for everyone who is there to join you. Now, bef- talk a little bit about Crafton Beck, your conductor, who joined the symphony in 1999, and it's just an incredibly important part of what you do there at the Mississippi Symphony. Well, he, of course, is our artistic leadership. He works with staff in creating all of our concerts, and we, as you know, we have a wide variety, our three subscription series here in the metro area, and then the concerts we do around the state. He pulls all of that together with the musicians and with the staff and is the leader in our artistic outreach and then partners with us in our significant education outreach because we do ensemble visits in schools. We teach strings to students in three different school systems. We do full orchestra concerts in four cities around the state for young students. He designs those. They are award-winning and very educative and wonderful. And so this whole package is what we call the Mississippi Symphony Orchestra. Well, Mm -hmm. and the Mississippi Symphony Orchestra, I very much enjoyed reading more about the symphony this morning as we were preparing for the show. You employ the largest number of artists uh, in the state, I believe, and you have more than 120 concerts annually. The symphony is truly an industry in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, in a way, we are. Uh, of course, we we aren't a business, and we can't operate like a business, but as a nonprofit, we still have to use 
business-like practices. And, and you're right, we are the largest performing arts organization in the state. And that carries with it a certain responsibility, but also lots of opportunities to reach people and connect people through live symphonic music. Wow. And being a, uh, like you said, a nonprofit, and I know Mississippi Symphony Orchestra has to be very creative about the way you fundraise. Uh, does that make Pepsi Pops one of you guys' biggest fundraiser? Well, in fact, Pepsi Pops isn't a fundraiser. It's a concert that we do because we believe in its power as it relates to the power of live music. And it is absolutely one of our biggest and longtime signature events and obviously has worked year after year after year, for which we're very grateful. It is a huge part of what we do, and it's right at the end of our fiscal year. But there's a whole series of concerts now. You can actually go online on our website and, and see what we're cooking up for next season and get signed up and ready and get your tickets all organized to go for that also. Uh, this is wonderful. Uh, Michael, please share with our listeners uh, the website where they can go learn a little bit more about the symphony and about the seasons and all of the different ways that you present music and uh, and remind people about tonight's details. Yes, everything you need to know about the Mississippi Symphony Orchestra and about tonight's Pepsi Pops concert in Ridgeland at Old Trace Park is at msorchestra.com. One can actually go online at msorchestra.com, purchase tickets for tonight's concert and print them out, bring them with you to the concert, and you're home free. It's $15 in advance online, $20 at the gate, and as with all of our concerts, age 4 through 18 or $5. Wonderful. That is wonderful. Well, thank you so much for making time to join us. Best of luck tonight with Pepsi Pops. A big show, a really fun show on the beautiful uh, res right here in the Jackson metro area. Now it's time for us to take a quick break, but when we get back, we'll speak with Lucas Simmons, owner operator of Lucky Town Brewery, about their upcoming Sippin' Saturday concert series. Don't go far. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. You're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio. We appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller with MississippiToday.org, joined as always by my good friend and just the man with the plan yes. at Visit Mississippi, Kamel King. <laughs> If you're just tuning in before the break, we spoke with the Mississippi Symphony Orchestra about tonight's Pepsi Pops. This is uh, this evening, Friday, 7.30 p.m. Uh, is the main concert. Fireworks, just the whole the whole kit and caboodle. Right. It's, it's a really a beautiful day for some outdoor music. But you know what? It's going to be a beautiful weekend for lots of fun things mm-hmm. happening around Mississippi. And we're really pleased to be joined on the phones by Lucas Simmons. He's the brewmaster and one of the founders of Lucky Town Brewery. Welcome, Lucas. 
Hey, thanks for having me. Lucas, you are the owner, the founder, and the brewmaster of Lucky Town, so you you have many hats. Tell us how Sippin' Saturdays uh, got started with Lucky Town. Well, so, you know, we wanted to kind of showcase what we were doing when we first got open and also have some entertainment going on. So, uh, you know, for the, up until last year, you could only come down here and get a tour and sample beer, but we wanted to make that kind of a, a bigger event. So we started having live music and we got some food down here and it just kind of grew from there uh, to what it is today. So now you can just come and actually buy beer on site and take some home or hang out all day or whatever anybody wants to do. We're just kind of a a space where people come to enjoy themselves. Now, Lucas, I do want to talk a bit about what this past year has looked like for your brewery with the passing of mm-hmm. of the tap room legislation in Mississippi, where you can now go and enjoy the, the beers that are brewed on site. Uh, and what a cool thing. But the story of Lucky Town is a really unique story of friendship and of revitalization. So talk a little bit about your your story there at Lucky Town. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, we began uh, with basically uh, four random people who happened to be friends, uh, myself, uh, Brandon Blackledge, who started homebrewing with me way back in 2008, uh, Chip Jones, who I've known since college, and then Angela Blackburn, who was actually a transplant. She uh, graduated from the University of Wisconsin and thought she was taking a job in L.A., and they shipped her to uh Raytheon in Forest, Mississippi. It's uh, <laughs> a little different. Coming from Wisconsin, she had a lot of knowledge of beer, and she was very passionate. So we we brought her in, and uh, you know, just kind of drudged through the the troubles of opening her own business. And uh, you know, to this day, uh, Angela and Chip have kind of are back dealing with their their day jobs and their their kids and day to day lives. But uh, I run operations inside the plant, and Brandon runs sales on the outside. So we're we're still doing it. Uh, uh, to tell you something, Lucas, I was in Memphis this past week at the uh, Flying Saucer Beer Emporium in Memphis, and the first thing I asked them were, was, do you carry Lucky Town? And if you don't, you need to get that in here. <laughs> you know, with, I mean, all of these craft right. beers coming out, you guys have a wonderful product. And on top of that, you really embrace the community and embrace music and t- have turned your brewery into really a venue for all types of events that the uh, city and the state has been able to use to showcase talent. Yeah, well, we appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, it, we, we try to keep with uh, mostly local acts or, you know, people passing through town just to kind of, you know, we, we can't afford big-name acts, and that's not really what we are anyway. We want to, you know, have people come down here to have a lot of fun and see, uh, you know, guys they might hang out with during the week play some music. That's right. So let's talk a little bit about what all you have planned for tomorrow. Uh, it's the last crawfish boil of the year, crawfish by Sal and Phil. So I know you're going to have folks coming out ready for some mud bugs. Yeah. But you've got a few <laughs> other things uh, up your sleeve for tomorrow as well. Right. Well, we try to keep adding to it so that you know everybody kind of experiences something different and everybody comes down here. So we've got the Stonewalls plan, which is a local Jackson band. They're great. Uh, rock and roll band. They have a lot of fun. Um, and then we have some friends over at Stinky Feet Athletics who uh, we've been talking about partnering up for stuff for a while. And uh, they wanted to do a beer mile, which if people aren't familiar with that, it's basically you drink a beer, run a quarter mile, and then repeat that until you finish the entire mile. Um, it can be pretty grueling to watch, but it's very competitive. <laughs> and, 
I, I, I've never seen one in person, so I, I'm, I'm very curious to see how this goes. So no, I've got a question that. about that. I mean, are you giving guys like the pub ale or are you going with a porter? Yeah, we're, we're going to do pub <laughs> ale. Uh, we're going to keep it very low alcohol and very easy to drink so that it's not too hard on them. <laughs> oh, man. A porter beer and then a run in the heat. That yes. just doesn't sound like a good combination. Yes. That would make it a little bit worse. <laughs> That's something I really want to see from the sidelines. There you go. Yeah, there you go. absolutely. Well, Lucas, I'm especially excited. Uh, Mississippi Today will also be joining you tomorrow. We're going to do our newsroom from the tap room. We've got a hops and headlines game in the nice. works for all those folks coming out. The, a way to kind of play reporter for a little while. So should be a lot of fun. Now, what time are you opening the doors tomorrow? And uh, talk a little bit about uh, the day. Uh, what time things get started and what time they'll wrap up. So we'll be out here pretty early uh, getting the crawfish fired up with Sal and Phil. The, the doors open officially at 11, and, you know, they'll start serving uh, mud bugs probably shortly thereafter. Um, uh, and then the events literally start about 1 o'clock, and we'll just go until we close the doors at 8. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. For our listeners who want to learn a little bit more about Lucky Town or see the lineup for tomorrow, where can they go? Um, so the, the best thing is find us on Facebook. Uh, it's just listed as Lucky Town Brewing. We keep that pretty up to date. Our website's also got a calendar, uh, LuckyTownBrewing.com, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, both under Lucky Town Brew. We try to keep our social media going because that's these day and age is the best way to keep up with what's happening. Uh, but definitely Facebook's the best way. Well, thank you, Lucas Simmons, for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow as part of your monthly Sippin' Saturday. Now, as we head into our final break, we're hearing a tune from the Stonewalls, a great Jackson rock and roll band. Now, when we return, we'll welcome uh, our music guest this week, Kel Kellum. Don't go anywhere because you don't want to miss what's coming up on Next Stop Mississippi. and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller of MississippiToday.org, joined as always by Kamel King of Visit Mississippi. Now, it's uh, our favorite time of the show. It's time for our musical segment. So we welcome on the lines Kel Kellum in North Mississippi. Welcome, Kel. Hey, hey. Good morning. How are y'all? We're great, Kel. It's wonderful to have you here today. A really special day for you as Adding to the Ashes, your debut instrumental album, comes out uh, this morning, today. Wow. Yep. 
today. It's weird. Now, Kel, tell us what part of Mississippi uh, are you from? And, you know, I've heard that you play a lot of interesting instruments. So tell our listeners what instruments you play. Well, uh, I play mainly pedal steel guitar and guitar. And uh, I grew up in in and around Greenwood, Etabena area. I've I've lived in the Oxford area on and off for the past 10 years or so, and I live in Water Valley now. Now, Kel, so. you, you, you've really made a name for yourself for the past 10 years now as, a, as, a, as like the consummate sideman. I mean, you play pedal steel, you do steel guitar, you've toured with Jimbo Mathis, Water Liars, The Great Dying, Young Valley, you were on their new album. I mean, you've really been making a life of a, as a studio musician and as a touring musician uh, with bands that really pretty much rock. Mm-hmm. And the album you've put out, Adding to the Ashes, is very different than what we might see from you on a typical Friday night. For sure. It's a, it's a, it's a big departure uh, sonically um, from what I, I guess I'm more known for. Um, and that's why I, that's why it's been so cool and interesting and just very fresh for me because I, oddly enough, I got done with the record almost a year to the day that it was released. Um, I think I got done with it on the May 8th of last year and came out today. So uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, this is the first time, you know, something has been – I'm as a sideman, I'm usually trying to contribute something that, you know, doesn't get in the way of the vocals. Uh, I, I play with so many great singers and songwriters, uh, Zach Dillon and Spencer from Young Valley, Andrew Bryant, Will Griffith and Great Dying, Ann Freeman. And, you know, that's that's the reason their vocals are the reason people listen in the first place. So staying out of the way is a huge, huge part, adding something, but not not uh, not overpowering, not yeah. fully present to be distracting or anything. But um, I got in a real uh, big Brian Eno and Daniel Lanois phase. Uh, a couple of years ago and I started me- messing with these kind of instrumental weird um, loops kind of where, you know, I, I played a pedal steel part and then the, the loop player uh, continuously plays that back and I can add whatever on top of it. And I kind of started creating these little sonic landscape uh, things and, one of uh, one of my buddies who has a film production company in Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, heard some of them, and I think I sent them to him. And I was like, "Hey, man, if y'all ever need anything for like film, I've been messing around with this stuff." And he was like, "Man, that sounds great. Uh, we're working on a documentary right now where I need some kind of like spaghetti western, deserty kind of stuff." And so I <laughs> uh, went. I went into the studio, Dialback Sound in Water Valley, where I did everything 
thinking that I was going to record this stuff for my friend's documentary. And the, the first track off the record, Slip Fall, was what I was working on. And I got uh, really into it, and it was sounding so good, and I kind of got kind of got emotionally attached to it and I, I had to call him and be like man I'm sorry but I think I want to make an album of all this um, <laughs> that's could I, great could I, could yeah. I write some other stuff for you uh, well Kel we're gonna like, we're gonna take a listen to slip fall and we'll come back and okay. hear a little more about the album Yes, this is Slip Fall off Adding to the Ashes. I am so into music like that. Man, this is awesome. (laughs) I love ambient layered music like that. that I mean, it really delves into your mind and opens up synapses that were dead before. You know, you can really think and process and dream and be creative with music like this. Wow, that's great, Kel. Thanks so much. We, uh... I put put together a band, a seven-piece band, most of whom played on the record, and we performed the record in its entirety at Southside Art Gallery on the Square in Oxford on Wednesday night. And um, a, a lot of people came up after and were like, "Man, I kind of just I drifted off into a whole another world uh, with mm-hmm. you were performing that stuff." And I think I think maybe subconsciously that's what I was trying to do, um, just take away some of the day-to-day anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, texts, calls, emails, yep. and, uh, you know, clean, clean the slate a little for myself too. You know I mean? It, it, it does the same thing for me. It's, it's really, I'm kind of my, my harshest critic. I think when I play on people's records and a lot of times I don't, it's kind of challenging and torturous to listen to what I've done because I, you know, like most creative folks, I, I'm constantly second guessing myself and wishing I would have done something different. But when I listen to adding to the ashes all the way through, there's, there's really nothing I want to change. And I, I think it's odd that this is the first record I've ever been able to do that with. Um, and it's basically all compositions that I wrote. And then, the, the final track is a John Lennon song that I kind of called Oh Yoko that I turned into a ambient um, droney kind of thing. But I, I'm super proud of the record and um, I never thought I would do this. And I mean, I'm a hundred percent happy being a, a side man because I get to play with so many great, great people. But this was after we played the other night, uh, I usually feel great after I play anyway, but it, it was a different kind of great. And um well, let's talk oh, yeah. a little a little more about that, Kel. I mean, the show you had on Wednesday night, I, I did some asking around since I wasn't able to be there in Oxford, and uh, great compliments on this show because it really was such a, a 
an anomaly of an atmosphere in a town known for live music. You had a a great crowd that was gathered in this beautiful art space with great artwork by Josh Burwell. But you had a completely silent room. People were there to listen. We we hear about listening rooms sometimes. I don't know if I've ever been to one, but it sounds like a great idea. Uh, so to paint the picture of that night, and as a performer, I mean, when you're used to kind of moving into a space and cranking up, this was a, a bit different. Very much so. It, uh, you know, we, we got in the back of the gallery and, you know, squeezed seven people into a corner. And, um, you know, it, it was a controlled enough environment to where nobody was like blasting loud and it wasn't, you know, offensively loud or anything because this music's very dynamic. Like from Slip Fall, as pretty as I think that track is, it gets, it goes into a track uh, called Migrate that's that's pretty dark, but I still think beautiful in its own way. Um, but you know, it, it, people were very respectful of what we were doing, and you know, f- Oxford is known for a town of live music and. Unfortunately, it's also known as a town where the bar crowd will talk over songs where you should be quiet. Like very, it, it, the crowds can get kind of chatty, and uh, <laughs> I've seen, you know, I've seen Jeff Tweedy from Wilco make light of that uh, into the mic on stage at the lyric, and um, I was I was very satisfied with the attentiveness and respect that the crowd at Southside showed us and uh, Clay Clay Jones did a set of his uh, he writes songs under the moniker of uh, Prehistoric Bird and he and I are label mates on uh, Muscle Beach Records out of Oxford and he played a beautiful solo acoustic instrumental set before and um, it was a great night it was a show unlike any that I've seen in Oxford and I mean I've I moved here in 2006 I think and um, I my friend uh, Bill Bull or William Bull he's an author um, he's got a book that just came out last week called The Lonely Witness that's great and the the bio that I've kind of been sharing around about me and the record Bill wrote that and uh, I, I told him that I really wanted to have like a projection video projection in the background to add a visual element to everything. Cause the music is pretty cinematic. And he was like, man, there's a, he gave me a website that has tons of old silent movie footage. So I found some stuff that kind of loosely tied into a concept or subject matter um, and edited some silent movie stuff together. And that played as well as we performed the record. Very cool. So it was a, you know, I don't think it was sensory overload. There were no like pyrotechnics or anything, but, uh, but I feel like it, it was, it was a experience more than a, more than a show or I knew that I couldn't do this kind of music at a bar as much as I love playing in bars. And, uh, that's, you know, kind of my main thing. I knew that this had to be a more controlled environment in order to like, to transfer what was in my head, uh, into, you know, fruition. Sure, absolutely. And, well, I do. I, I feel, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I feel like it, it, it was pulled off well. Uh, I couldn't have been more satisfied about the show. Well, it, and that's that's so good to hear. As after such like a, a really intense emotional and mental um, 
exercise you've done by putting together Adding to the Ashes. You mentioned the author, William Boyle, who's um, the writer who just put out Lonely Witness. I want to share this with our listeners a bit he wrote about your album. He says, Adding to the Ashes is an unfolded map. It's a motel parking lot after a storm. It's smoke rising at sundown. It's an anchor dropped in the middle of an abandoned city. It's a run in the stocking of that waitress you like. It's a lighted room in the dark. Welcome to these territories of sound. Wow. That's beautiful. Mm, mm, mm. I had to share that, that with our listeners. Line, like, I mean, it, it gave me chills when I read it. And it, when you just said it there, it gave me chills again. Welcome to these territories of sound. I'm going to have to ask Bill if I can name my uh, next record, Territories of Sound. <laughs> That's great. Well, when we're going to go out today with Adding to the Ashes. Kel, thanks for joining us on Next Stop. Tell our listeners where they can go to buy an album, download an album, to check out your music. Um, if you're in Oxford uh, or the area, the end of all music, record store on the square will have CDs and tape. I've also all the streaming outlets, the online digital platforms. Um, and if you want, if you're not in the Oxford area and want a cassette or CD, uh, my band camp page has those for sale and I can mail them out to you. Um, bandcamp.com slash Kellum slash releases, I believe, or you can just search Kel Kellum or adding to the ashes on the bandcamp.com site. All right. Well, thank you, Kel Kellum. Best of luck to you with adding to the ashes. We want to thank you, all of our listeners, for traveling with us today and thank our guests for joining us this morning. Comedian Rita B., the Pepsi Pops Mississippi Symphony Orchestra, Lucas Simmons with Lucky Town Brewery, and musician Kel Kellum. Next Stop Mississippi was produced by Michelle McAdoo. For Kamel King, I'm Mary Margaret Miller. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy for Women and join us again next week for another amazing trip on Next Stop Mississippi, only on MPB Think Radio.